0: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on TV. Terms and restrictions apply. ¶¶
1: to Football and Grits, your SEC-centric podcast here on The Athletic. I'm Aaron Suttles. It's Tuesday. That means it's a subscriber participation day of Football and Grits. A day where I answer your questions from the mailbag. And you guys always hit it out of the park with questions for this particular podcast. And we are here uh, a few days, what, two or three days away from the college football playoff semifinals doesn't really feel like the college football playoff semifinals because normally that first game in the semifinals is a bowl week. It's a, it's a playoff, but it's still the bowl game. It doesn't feel like a bowl game this year. It feels like a road football game. Alabama not going to arrive in Dallas until the day before the game. Uh, most of the media flying in coming in that time. So it really does feel just like a quick business trip for a road football game, and it does not feel like a bowl game it all. Before we get started today, as always, please subscribe, rate, and review Football and Grits to help us get the podcast out to new listeners. You guys have done a phenomenal job of that, and we certainly appreciate, one, you subscribing to The Athletic, and two, being uh, diehard listeners to the to the podcast Football and Grits. You guys are awesome, as always. Let's start. First question today from Smith C., He says, are there any current possible landing spots for Gus Malzahn for the 2021 football season, or will he be enjoying time with his family next season? I think the answer to that question is solely dependent upon Gus Malzahn's desire to work right away. The fact that he got a golden parachute, you know, was it 10 million within the first uh, 30 days of him being terminated, He's got plenty of money, and he made plenty of money before that. So money really isn't the issue. I think it's his desire to, to just have something to do, to be competitive. I mean, you know, the coaches, we sometimes forget our, our, our biggest competitors as the players on the field, a lot of them, and, and especially the, the high-achieving ones. And, and say what you will about Gus Malzahn, and he certainly had his attractors, and he had people that defended him, but the guy accomplished a great deal. I never thought what he accomplished at Auburn was the issue. In my opinion, the issue for Auburn fans was the mediocrity, um, the lack of consistency. That was that was sort of – they love the highs. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't love winning the SEC? Who wouldn't love beating Nick Saban's Alabama? Uh, who wouldn't love competing for a national championship, winning an SEC championship? Um, those are things that, that – that Gus Malzahn accomplished at Auburn but it was you know it was going on the road and getting embarrassed by Georgia getting going on the road and getting embarrassed by Alabama it was the lack of consistency that did Gus Malzahn in so you know it just comes down to is does he want to does he want to wait this season out and see what happens get a game plan with his agent see what happens next year or does he want to jump into the first job available? And then there's also the question of what, what the market is for Gus Malzahn right now. I don't think there's a great mar- market right now, today, to, for Gus Malzahn to land a Power 5 job. You get a couple years away from that, at least a year away from that. I think there is a Power 5 job. Now, it's probably not going to be an upper tier Power 5 job. But I do think he could land a Power 5 job. It depends on a few things. One, how picky he's going to be about that job. To what part of the country he wants to live in and raise, you know, get away from his family because he's got grandkids now. Um, those things start start becoming factors um, as, as coaches age. And Gus, I'm not suggesting Gus Malzahn's old or anything, but when you have grandchildren, you know, sometimes your priorities change a little bit. So I think it comes down to, do you, just, you know, as you mentioned, Smith, does he just want to take a year off, enjoy those grandkids, enjoy his wife, enjoy his. His kids and, and and sort of just take a year because when you're when you're in the coaching profession, it's a grind, man, and it's um, the calendar spins and there's always something on that calendar for you to do. He could he could take a year off and, and and sort of scratch that itch with his family, or if he's that much of a competitor, which you know Gus Malzahn seems to be, he might jump at the first opportunity. Um, we'll see what his agent advises him to do, but I, I sort of get the sense right now. Especially as far along as we are in, in the coaching madness season, um, that he'll take a year off. There's also the possibility, um, and you have to consider this, since he's since money really isn't the issue. If he wants to compete, it, does he want to go back to be an offensive coordinator? Now, I think his resume suggests that he he's proven he can run a program and achieve at a high level. And most of the times when you see that, you don't take you don't see a coach take a step quote-unquote, back to the coordinator ranks because you've run a program. It can be very difficult to 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 give up that sort of autonomy and, and work for someone else, but it would be less pressure and he would get to do what he loves, which is which is call plays. So there's that possibility as well. And we'll just see what what Gus Malzahn's personal aspirations are, but I, I sort of get the sense um, that he might take the year off. Of course, now I'm
0: having – me having said that, watch next week, i land a job somewhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Tucker S. asked, if you had to guess which, if any, seniors may return for Alabama in 2021 under the NCAA blanket waiver? It's something I've thought about throughout the year. I think it with a program let you're asking specifically about Alabama here. Um Alabama's gonna lose guys in the NFL. Um they're because because of the new you know, the transfer thing that we're gonna see where players are gonna be able to transfer with no penalty, I think because of Alabama's roster being as stocked as it is, I think other teams are going to target Alabama's roster and they're gonna lose some players that way. I think what I'm what I'm getting down to it all comes down to numbers. And I and I would I really think the NCAA for a year or a two-year period should make allowances for roster roster size. If you're going to allow these seniors and everybody really a year without penalty, which is which is what they did, that they could come back, you need to allow to allow the programs the ability to receive those seniors back, or you know because they've had a full recruiting class and. Oh, if you're not going to, ex- I just think a, there should be a one or two year period where where the roster is. Um, you, you've made some allowances to to expand the roster, not not full time, and it's not to be abused, right? If you're a recruiting program, you can't go out and recruit forty guys. If you're a program and you're trying to take advantage of the rule, you can't go. You can't go. Uh, recruit 40, 50 new guys to the program. But you can make allowances so it's um, you can keep four or five guys if they want to stick around. I think for Alabama, the most glaring example of a guy who would benefit from this, I'm not sure he's going to do it, but I think he could benefit from it, is I think Brian Robinson, the the senior running back there from from Hillcrest High School in Tuscaloosa, I think he would greatly benefit coming back another year because he would get more carries, he would get showcased a little more, and – it, it probably would help his draft stock. Um, I, I do think he's got NFL talent. I don't. am saying I'm not saying he's first round. I'm not saying he's second round. But I think he's in. He is a guy that would get drafted somewhere in those seven rounds. And and one plus if he goes out this year is there's a lot of tread left on those tires because he just hasn't been lo- used a whole lot at Alabama. But I think he's a guy. If he and, and the people who influence his decision, if they decide, if they're weighing it, take for instance Najee this year. I mean, Najee wasn't going to be a first-round NFL back, and he, he still may not be a first-round back. I mean, he's not a 4-4 guy. He's not going to go out and blow away with the speed. But how he's proven himself valuable is that um, he's durable, he's got great size, and I think really, in, the, in, in today's NFL game, how he's proved more, most valuable for himself is how he's been used in the passing game. That's where the NFL is now. I mean, you have to be able to catch the ball in the backfield. So, what, what Najee did in coming back for his senior year... Um, could really, I think, influence Brian Robinson a little bit to take advantage of this extra year if, if you know, Alabama has the, has the um, you know, in the whole roster management, if they have room to keep him. I, I do think Brian Robinson is the, is the best candidate to come back um, if he were to do it. And, also, you know, also probably you look at LeBron Ray, He's just he's he's you know Nick Saban said yesterday he's not been practicing doesn't look like he's going to be available for the for the Rose Bowl game against Notre Dame. He's the guy that could help himself coming back. It just it all depends if you're Nick Saban is you've got to manage that roster. You've only got so many spots for the program. You've got a full recruiting class coming in, which by the way is number 1 in the country. Surprise surprise Nick Saban still can recruit. So it's all roster management. It it's all about the numbers. But I do think the top candidate to me if you're looking at it on who's the guy that who, – who would be on both sides of this, right? It, we've, I've already expressed why it's beneficial for Brian Robinson to consider it. But for Alabama, you got Trey Sanders coming off. Um, you know, he really never got to show what he did. His freshman year, he never gets to play. He had a knee injury. Uh, this year, during one of the bye weeks, um, home in Florida, he gets in a bad car accident, hasn't been able to practice or, or, or play since then. Um, so, you got – he's coming back when he was a five-star talent, really haven't seen him that much. Okay, we've seen. There's obviously a lot to like about Jace McClellan. Um, the couple times in, in mop up duty, he's been electric. He looks like a dude. <laughs> he looks like the ne- the next great Alabama running back. Roy Dell Williams is going to be a very productive back at Alabama. Uh, we really haven't seen much of Kyle Edwards. Haven't seen him at all. So, uh, and we know that they just landed a five star running back from Texas, Kamar Wheaton, that they they got um, last week. That's committed in this class. So there's not there's not a whole lot of proven running backs. I think we all have seen enough of Jason McKellen where we think, right, that he's going to be the guy, but there's a durability issue. What happens when you're the guy? So I think Brian – from both ends of the spectrum, from both being beneficial to Brian Robinson and for being beneficial to that running back depth, experience depth, Alabama would benefit benefit greatly from Brian Robinson coming back. Hey, Keith K. asks, I still think Kyle Trask is more deserving after the season he had. But is the Heisman going to Devontae Smith or will Mac Jones skim enough votes away to send it to Gainesville? I think it's a really weird year for the Heisman. And I ever the opinion's all over the place. Um and I, I would have zero problem if Kyle Trask got it. I think he's been after seeing him up close and personal in the SEC championship game, um, he's he's a deserving candidate. The only scenario that I would not be okay with and I just don't think because of the way the season played out, I want to be very clear about this. because I don't want there to be any misunderstandings. I'm not saying he's not a worthy player in terms of his talent. I'm talking about the season that they had. The only thing scenario that would play out that would upset me is if Trevor Lawrence from Clemson won the award. Um, And I've seen a lot of momentum since the ACC championship game and the performance that that Trevor Lawrence had against Notre Dame. There's been some – you know, Dabo went out there and started already stumping in the post-game interview for Trevor Lawrence. I saw – listen, the Washington Post does good journalism. I saw a ridiculous column in the Washington Post saying it's a career achievement award. It's not a career achievement award. It's not. It's a single season. And it's a single season award. And listen, if Trevor Lawrence – it's not his fault – that, that he was out for those couple of games, but he was out for those couple of games. It wasn't to his fault when he got his ankle rolled up in the SEC Championship game and it defected him in, in the 2018 Heisman Trophy, which Kyler Murray won. It wasn't to his fault, but it happened. It's nobody's fault. Yes, in an ideal world, we would get you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 games of watching Trevor Lawrence, and we he would probably be deserving, but we didn't. So I don't even consider him for this year's award. And to to, to write that it's a career achievement award, it's not. If it were, Peyton Manning would have won it. He didn't. It's not a career achievement award. It's a single-season best player in college football award. Kyle Trask is deserving, in my opinion. Devontae Smith is deserving, in my opinion. Mac Jones is deserving, in my opinion. I don't consider this a career achievement award and to to suggest that it is shows how ludicrous this award is. It's sad enough that this award has basically become a quarterback only award. We got the, we got the, there's already a quarterback award that we give out yearly. Multiple quarterback of the year awards There, there. That that award already exists. And it's sad that the Heisman trophy is, is, is limited itself by becoming, and it's not the Heisman trust fault. It's the voters. There are great players other than quarterbacks that need to be considered, but we we don't really we all know that the quarterback is the most position is the most important position. No one's going to argue that. It's the most important position. It's the hardest position to play. But when you limit yourself in your vote to uh, and your award to just quarterbacks, I think it cheapens it a little bit. And now we're we're to the point where because a, a because a wide receiver is the odds on betting favorite in Las Vegas. If that upsets some people that we're now going to start considering people's career achievements to give out the awards, it's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Let me be very clear. It's not a joke that Trevor Lawrence, people say he's good enough to win the Heisman. That's duh. I mean, yeah, duh. That's a great honest observation. He's a great player. He's probably going to be the number 1 pick in next year's draft. That's I mean, everyone sees it. But it's a it's a it, the year's it's a single season award and the, the fact that Trevor missed a couple of games affected it. And if you're going to try to manipulate it and give it to Trevor because now because you're trying to get over the fact that and, and do the mental gymnastics with yourself, well he missed the he missed a couple games his stats aren't as good as Kyles his stats aren't as good as Max his stats aren't as good as Devontae's. but so to get around that we're going to consider what he's done for college football. I've heard people say what he did in speaking out to have a college football season that's not this award. If you want to have a man of the year in college football, like the Walter Payton, like the NFL does with the Walter Payton Award, and have a man of the year, give him that. But stop manufacturing ways to give this guy the vote when he didn't play a full season. Trevor Lawrence is a phenomenal football player. I cannot wait to watch him in, in the college football playoff. I cannot wait to watch him in the NFL. He's, by all accounts, a great person. But. We can't manufacture ways to give the guy award because he's a good guy. There are other candidates: Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, that had the that that had the single season stats to back up giving them the award.
0: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit DirectTV.com. Requires high-speed internet connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Hey Greg C asked for Texas A&M would have been better overall for the program, culture, recruiting, etc., to have made the college football playoff and get hammered by Alabama for a second time, or to go to the Orange Bowl claiming they deserved a bid and then take North Carolina to the woodshed while Notre Dame takes the beating. It's a great question. We we've always struggled with this. Perception is reality thing. I think Greg brings up an excellent point. I, well, it's not it's not clear cut because even if you go and you get your, your brains beat out by Clemson or Ohio State or Alabama, if you're Texas A&M, you can still market you made the college football playoff. You can still market we were the fourth program in the SEC to make the college football playoff. Um, you could still market that in recruiting. And so, in recruiting, it's probably better to have made the college football playoff from recruiting standpoint. From the overall culture perception, it might have been better that you can hold on to that argument: we deserved, we didn't get to go, we got robbed, we were deserved, we were deserving, um, and hold out this um, this argument that we don't know what 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 would have happened. We got robbed. Well, history will never know what will happen. You can hold out that hope, and as 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 Greg mentioned, if you go out and lay the wood in the Orange Bowl. That only strengthens that case, and then if Notre Dame gets his eyes beat in, um, well, then you can hold up that argument. So I, I do think there is value. I do think there is value. Greg brings up an excellent point. I think there is value in in saying we were robbed, and that in playing that angle of it up. I think there's a lot of um, a lot of attention you can get, a lot of publicity you can get, and think about the way people are going to think of. Texas A&M going into next year. They were number five teams. Some people feel that they were slighted. You can play that up. You can, in the media for preseason votes. I think you can play it up within your own program. You can use it as an off-season motivating factor. Your strength and conditioning coaches. You you, you show the you just all you got to do is take an eight by ten, a seven and a half whatever size sheet of paper is. You take that you put it on the printer and you print out the college football playoff rankings, and you put Texas A&M number five and you highlight it. And you use that all off season is we need we need a little extra. All we needed was a little extra, and we're in the college football playoff. I think it can. I think there is a lot of benefit, uh, both externally and internally, for the culture of Texas A and M that that almost making the playoff and, and sort of playing up the fact that we were robbed. I almost think that's more beneficial than going in and, and, and getting crushed. The only difference is, we all know this is a recruiting game. You you could have gotten a lot of mileage. In recruiting out of the college fall playoff. I still think you can get a lot of mileage we're right there. If you're if you're a Texas AM assistant coach with Jimbo Fisher, you can go to that 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 one player that you need and say, All we needed was you. We were one player short. You could play that up. So there's benefits to both sides sides of it, but it's an excellent question from Greg. I, I tend to think just from perception, you can gain a lot if you handle your business in the Orange Bowl. Now all this is moot. if if North Carolina beats you. So go out and take care of business for the SEC, Texas A&M. Excellent group of questions uh, this week, as usual. Coming up on Wednesday's edition of Football and Grits, David Ubbin and Josh Kendall take you inside the SEC East and all that's going on over there. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys had a great holiday season and a great New Year's coming up. A lot of great college football games. Thanks a lot.